I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. As always, I am so happy to have you here with me this week. We have a great episode all about human design for you today. So if you are new to human design, still feel free to listen to this episode, but if you've been hanging around here on the podcast with me since the very beginning or for the past couple of years, you're probably fairly familiar with human design by now because I have had several episodes now about human design. And if you have missed those episodes or you want to go back to those episodes, just go check out the show notes because I actually have a long list for you to circle back to and listen to if human design is something you want to dive deeper into and you miss those episodes. So the very first episode I actually ever did about human design is a really great place to go for an intro to human design, getting to know each of the five energy types. That's a really important episode. But this week, I am joined by the sweetheart, Sandy Yang, and she is a human design coach that I love following over on Instagram. And her and I wanted to have a conversation about human design, obviously, but because I had had so many episodes on human design already, we wanted to kind of approach things a little bit differently. And we weren't really sure which approach we were going to take, but it just came naturally to start talking about seeing human design and like the each of the energy types from a place of self-acceptance, self-compassion. So here's the deal. I have been studying human design for the past year or two. I can't really remember exactly when my journey with human design started um, in terms of like studying it. But I was first introduced to human design in, like, um, I want to say 2019, like the spring of 2019. Anyways, that's kind of off topic. But through my years of introducing my friends to human design and even working with my clients inside Back Home to You and introducing them to human design, what I have noticed throughout all of these different experiences with my friends, my clients, and even family members, honestly, I have noticed that 
every single time someone finds out their energy type, whether that be a generator, a manifesting generator, a manifester, a projector, or a reflector, whatever type they find out that they are, there's always something about each type that might be a little hard to swallow or they feel a little disappointed that that's their energy type for a certain reason. So I thought that was really interesting. At the time that Sandy and I recorded this episode, I was actually working with a new client. So I had started a new group of Back Home To You and one of my clients found out she was a projector. And she was kind of having a really tough time with it because it just kind of made her feel a little discouraged in certain ways. And the reason why I introduce my clients to human design and incorporate it in my coaching is for the self-compassion and self-acceptance aspect of human design. I think there are I think human design really opens up a door for us to really accept ourselves and get to know ourselves, which is part of self-acceptance. So human design really opens a door for us to accept ourselves in a whole new way. But like I said, typically what I find is there's always something about the energy types that when you find out your energy type, there's always something that kind of rubs you the wrong way, that kind of makes you feel disappointed or discouraged or self-conscious, something like that. So what Sandy and I have done in this episode today, we touch on each of the five energy types and we talk about most commonly like what people have a hard time with. So for an example, Sandy is a projector and she too shares that when she first found out that she was a projector, she was kind of crushed. She literally says those words. So we talk about that. And if you are also a projector feeling a similar way, we talk about how you can lean into that self-acceptance, that self-compassion aspect of it. And I titled this podcast episode Shadow Work with Human Design because that is part of doing shadow work. It is accepting these parts of ourselves that feel a little like uh, uncomfortable, okay? So that is part of the work that I do with my clients inside back home to you. Like I said, I just naturally include human design in my coaching. It allows me to understand my clients in such a more deeper way. Trust me, it's amazing. It's an amazing tool for coaches and I just love including it in my practice. But inside my 12-week small group coaching program that I call Back Home to You, I also include a bonus module all about human design as part of our self-acceptance work. So this is something that I really help my clients with. And if what I'm talking about in regards to leaning into self-acceptance, being more self-compassionate with yourself 
and also doing this type of work that is sometimes called shadow work, which in my opinion is just another word for self-acceptance work. If that type of work is something that's calling you these days that you feel really drawn to or pulled towards, I really encourage you to check out my small group coaching program. I accept new women into each group every single month. And February, I still have a couple spots open because I have a few groups wrapping up their time inside Back Home to You with me this month, which means I have more space for more women who want to start their journey back home to themselves. So if this excites you, if it interests you, if you have any questions at all about my coaching program, just go to megdoll.com slash back home to you. And you can schedule a free discovery call with me. I would love to hop on a call with you, get to know you better, see how I can support you. And if back home to you does sound like a good fit by the end of our conversation, you and I can actually have the opportunity to work together for 12 amazing weeks. So... I just wanted to share that because it does relate to the conversation I have with Sandy today, all about human design. You're going to love it. Like I said, Sandy is such a sweetheart. And just one reminder before we hop over to the show is if you are listening right now, it really helps me out if you take a screenshot of you listening to the episode or if you are out on a walk or something like that, just take a picture of your surroundings, tag me on Instagram, I am Meg Dahl, and just post it to your stories so I can see that you're listening and I'll repost it. You and I can chat a little bit in the DMs. I always love connecting with anyone who's listening to the show. So Let's jump over to today's episode with Sandy, and I will see you all next week. Hey, Sandy, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. I'm so grateful to be here. I've like followed you for years, and now we're talking one-on-one. That is so crazy to me, but yeah, I've been following you on Instagram and loving your human design content. And as I mentioned to you before we actually started recording today, we've had a lot of different conversations about human design on the podcast already, like years ago, when I first started getting into human design, we kind of had like one of those intro shows, you know, and I'll have all of these shows linked up for our listeners today. But I really love having different experts on to talk about their own unique approach to human design. And when it comes to human design, there's just so much to talk about, you know, and I asked you some of the things that you like talking about in relationship to human design and we really haven't talked about those things before so I'm really excited to dive in with you but before we get started why don't you introduce yourself to everyone sure um so my name is Sandy I 
am a human design expert and a brain rewiring coach. Um, up until like earlier this year, April or May, I was a tax accountant for several years. Um, so yeah, like I feel like human design has really helped me understand how my energy works, what are my gifts, and like what I am meant to share with people and like to the world. So I'm really happy to be here to share um, more. I'm sure like the audience is already pretty familiar, but hopefully I can bring something new to the table. Definitely. And I think as I deepen my human design studies and my personal journey, just knowing that you're a projector too, I have questions for sure that I can ask and pick your brain a little bit um, that might help our listeners who are projectors because I know the very first episode that I ever did on human design was with a human design expert who is also a projector. But at the time, I was also just learning about this for the first time myself. So I really didn't have many questions for her specifically as a projector. And then I'm not sure if you're familiar with Vanessa Henry. I just started following her. Oh, she's awesome. She's a manifester. She's a manny. Yeah. So I had her on the show to chat. I had, oh, AC Brown. She's a projector. Had AC oh, Brown. Oh, I, I haven't heard of her yet. But oh my gosh. After today. Yeah, definitely go check out AC Brown. And then JD Ingalls is a generator. So I've kind of had like a mix on the show. And yeah, I'm really excited to sit down with you. So one thing that I am really curious about is how did you find human design? And like, what kind of led you to studying human design? Well, so when I was in my accounting career, even when I started as an intern, I knew right away that this wasn't exactly for me, but I had already gone to school, taken my CPA exams, and there was just so much investment that, you know, I made. And I was like, wow, like, well, I'm not going to let this go to waste. So let's just roll with it. Um, well, you know, like, even just like a few months after, I'm like, wow, like, this is really not me. And over the years, I became more frustrated and more bitter to the point that I didn't like myself and I reached out to an astrologer that I found through a wellness podcast and I was just like digging into the woe side of things, woe in quotes, um, you know, just trying to like find ways to get to know myself more and live better, like feel better. I was just on a mission to be better <laughs> and kind of like live more in flow and alignment. And even like when I was working full time, I will always be like listening to Mind Body Green or Almost Dirty, you know, Christina's podcast. So I just became such a wellness expert in my group of friends and my circle. And I found out, oh, you can be a health coach is a real thing. And I'm like, okay, well, 
F accounting, I'm going to be a health coach. But just talking about food, I feel like everyone starts with food, you know, posting about their, their salmon and broccoli. That didn't quite light me up. So I was really lazy about sharing. And I randomly came through human design, like all those people talking about, oh, this is like so cool, it's helped me so much. And um, I was like, okay, I'll look up mine so I can see how awesome awesome I am, right? And then I found out I was a projector and I was crushed. You were crushed. Yeah. Um, well, I felt seen, but also triggered, see, if that makes sense. Definitely, definitely makes sense. But this is where I want to come in and poke your, like, or yeah, just poke your brain a little bit um, with being a projector because I hear that a lot from projectors. And just me being a manifester, I think being a projector is amazing. And often, I hear from projectors when they first find out that they're a projector, they are crushed. So can you share like why you felt crushed specifically? Yeah, so a lot of the people, whether they're public figures or people I know of personally, they are go-getters and ambitious and do a lot of things like you know, Jessica Elba, or I don't know, you know, you know the drill, they're doing so much. And they seem like high achievers. And when I first found out about human design, if you just like read about the general information online, it's not always empowering. And I was like, well, okay, so am I supposed to just sit here and wait for an invitation? And it feels really triggering to want to start a business, but can, but also have to feel like you need to wait for other people to recognize you. That just sounded very passive to me. And now I know there's so much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this is how we can <laughs> take this conversation today, because I really love what you said about reading something online about human design, about your specific type, and feeling pretty discouraged. And like you said, not, a, you know, there's a lot of information about human design online, but not all of it is going to leave you feeling super empowered. And actually, this conversation... I feel is just really timely. So as I mentioned before, I have a lot of close projectors in my life and literally every single one of them, when they find out that they're a projector, they're kind of just like, what? I need to wait for this invitation? And they do feel pretty discouraged, right? But then on the other side, you know, there's manifestors. And one of my close friends just found out that she's a manifester and she was like, well, this kind of sucks. Like my aura is repelling. What? I don't want a repelling aura. So there's so many aspects. And I like this isn't just about projectors. This isn't just about manifestors. But I think for every single type, there's kind of some things about the types that might feel a little like, 
oh, well, I don't want to be that type of person or I don't want that energy. So what if you and I today looked at the human design types through like an empowering lens? So, yeah. So, you know, with projectors, the common thing that makes them feel discouraged is waiting for that invitation. So how can we see waiting for the invitation as something that's super empowering? And then how can we look at the aura of a manifester as being something as empowering rather than discouraging and then so on for the other energy types? Of course, I love this so much. As a projector, your strategy is to wait for an invitation. And how this can be empowering empowering is, and you probably know this about yourself, you can identify patterns in people and systems and all the things. You can see people pretty deeply. They, they call it a penetrating energy. So you have the ability to make people feel extremely seen. Projectors make really good coaches. Well, any type can be a good coach, but as a coach myself, I can look at a client, the way they speak, the way they go about their lives. I'm like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing this. And this is how exactly I can help them. It's so clear to you. And when people are not ready to be seen in that way, it can be very scary for them. And they kind of want to push you away. Right. And it makes you feel bitter and, you know, just annoyed when you feel like you have so much good to share, but no one is ready to listen or, you know, no one appreciates it. I know this feeling so well. It's funny. Um, so you, you, and you probably also know this too. I know this audience, you know, are advanced. Your energy is inconsistent in quotes, which means, you know, you really want to spend your energy on things that are worth your energy. By waiting for the invitation, you are weeding out the people who are not ready. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I really like that because as a projector, you don't have that consistent source of energy, right? Like a generator, for an example. So by waiting for that invitation, yeah, that that's like in alignment with the type of energy source that you have. So one thing that I know projectors kind of get hung up on and really bitter and frustrated with is that waiting for the invitation and like what that actually looks like. And maybe you can talk about how being invited or having that invitation might not actually always look like someone reaching out to you and being like, hey, do you want to take part in this? Or, hey, I really want to hire you or something like that, right? It doesn't have to be super formal. So maybe you can share with us some of the different ways that an invitation might show up for someone. I'm very passionate about this piece. So thank you for bringing it up. So waiting for the invitation only applies when you are 
engaging with someone, you're going on a date with someone, you are starting a business with someone, starting a podcast, you know, collaborating with other people. But you absolutely do not need, a, need an invitation to move to a new apartment or, you know, start an Instagram page or start a YouTube channel. You know, like you can do a lot by yourself. And waiting for the invitation, I like to reframe it to soliciting invitation. You have to put yourself out there in a big way. So if you are really passionate about design, this graphic design, you can start an Instagram page. You don't need an invitation for that. And bring good shit to the table, you know? Show people how fucking talented you are and what you can do for them. And when people follow you, that is kind of like an invitation. They can see, oh, I want to learn from this person. I want to collaborate with her. So, you know, let people know what you have to offer. Right. So, so they can invite you in, make yes. yourself available too. Yeah. So waiting for the invitation isn't like having all this goodness to share and just keeping it to yourself, right? Like you are showing up, you are creating the Instagram account if that's what you want to do. You are providing like high value content and people joining you or like following you over on Instagram. And this is just an example, guys, but that's like the invitation that they want more of you. I love that so much. So yes, I think we covered projectors really well. That's definitely an area that like if someone initially finds out that they're a projector, that's something that's kind of like crushing to them, right? So I hope that helps our fellow projectors look at themselves in a more empowering way or look at their energy type in a more empowering way. So since I'm a manifester, let's go over to manifestors next. And I think probably the thing that discourages a lot of manifestors maybe is that repelling aura. Yeah, absolutely. And that just doesn't sound very good. Repelling. <laughs> no. That is it's a like, terrible word. So people don't like me, basically. is It's <laughs> how it feels when you first read that, right? Totally. So... As a manifester, you are born to be a leader. Not necessarily you have to be a CEO or a president, but an energetic leader. They have this big presence. It's almost like they walk into the room and everyone just knows, like, Meg is here. And do you like, do you like that part of being a manifester? <laughs> okay, I'm... I'm kind of glad you asked that because honestly, like I don't, what I would ask is, do people actually feel that way when I enter a room? You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. I, as the manifester, I actually don't know this, you know, when I found this out. So when I was studying human design, currently still am studying human design, but when I first started studying about my energy type and learned that like when I enter a room, it's like, oof like big manifestor energy here like we know Meg is here and I was just like really people feel that so 
I would love to know from people if they actually feel that. Because I don't know. I don't. Okay. So (laughs) there's this impression that manifestors are really tall or really loud or really just maybe angry and scary a little bit. But the manifestors I know are the sweetest people. So maybe it's not like, wow, Mag is here. It's like, oh, Mag is here. And everyone just knows you're there and everyone wants to know, wants you to say goodbye to them when you leave. I like that. And I think also from what I know about manifestors is we tend to kind of um, tell people or like, you know, um, what's the word? Announce? That's not the word either, but like kind of inform, inform Inform. is the word, inform people what we're doing. And it's really funny because my dad is also a manifester and my mom and my mom catches my dad and I doing this. It's like, we'll be in the kitchen or whatever. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to go over here and watch TV or something. It's like we inform people what we're about to do and like where we're going and stuff. And it's really interesting because I grew up in a house like that with a dad kind of like informing me about where he was about to go or like if he was about to leave a room or something like that. And I know this might sound bizarre to people, but that's how I grew up. So I also do that. And I'll just be like, in the living room with my boyfriend and just kind of like oh I'm gonna go grab a glass of water and like (laughs) literally informing him about what I'm about to do and he doesn't do that he's a generator and he doesn't do that and I always thought like hmm like I wonder where he's going you know it's so weird (laughs) wow so interesting because most of the manifestors I know they don't know that it's important for them to inform people. They kind of just want to get going because they they naturally move very fast when the urge hits. Um, so manifestors in general are energetically impactful. So if a group of us are going camping, Mag would be the one that says, hey guys, let's camp here. And everyone else will be like, okay, and want to sort of like follow her in a way, subconscious way, which is really interesting. So you impact everyone that you're in a room with, that you have a relationship with. And okay, for example, if a manifestor husband and a generator wife are living together and the manifestor husband is very into the project that he is doing and he is going to work until 1 a.m. at the office. This is when he should really let the the generator wife know, hey, babe, I'm working on this and I'll be home late tonight. Just informing her because if he doesn't do that, she would kind of feel like, wow, like he's just not coming home and being shady they kind of feel hurt, like butthurt, like, wow, like being left out almost. Yeah, so it's healthy um, to inform and manifestors love autonomy and freedom. I always tell people how to manif- how to love a manifestor is to not control them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, informing is not asking for permission, is more like being honest and open. And when most manifestors practice this piece, it's like, okay, people bug them less about little things they don't care about. And they feel more free, which is great, which is what we want. Yeah, yeah. So in my eyes, I mean, as soon as I found out I was a manifestor, I was like, yep, this makes sense. And I always kind of felt empowered knowing that I was a manifester, I guess. But I feel like for those who are also manifestors and kind of struggling with that repelling aura piece, I think you did a really good job at communicating that basically our presence is just known, right? And we just have like this kind of energy about us. And like you said, it's kind of like just people want to know when we're coming and going type thing. Yeah, it's almost like people are curious what the celebrities are up to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. And okay, so where do you want to go next? Should we talk about generators since you mentioned them? Yeah, of course. Awesome. So what would be the a common piece about a generator that they often find discouraging or kind of crushing when they find out that they're a generator? As a projector, I love generators. I love to be around them. And sometimes I'm like almost envious of all the life force energy that they have. One thing I notice is generators, because they are more common, there are more of them. And their purpose is to use their amazing life force energy to create and build. They're kind of like natural hustlers and doers of society. And people can sometimes think of it like, wow, I'm just here to do hard labor or work. I want to be powerful. I want to have cool insights. I want to be a leader. And you absolutely still can be a leader and be anything you want. Really, the energy, the life force energy is cool because you get to, you know how people talk about the full body, yes. So generators and manifesting generators, they have the defined sacral, which gives them this really cool inner compass that their bodies just know, like, yes, I should take this job. No, I shouldn't go on this trip. No, I want. I don't want to be in relationship with this person. It's like such a cool inner knowing thing to me and so real time. And when they, when their sacral is fired up, it's like, they just have more energy doing what they love. If they are working on a project that is in alignment, they can do it all day. And yeah, so that is super cool to me. But generators are meant to lift people up by using their energy in ways that are satisfying to the generator. And while they do that, they create more energy for other people. Okay, let me know if you also experience this, but when I hang out with generators in a group or all day, one after another, I'm like pumped up. 
And that energy feels so good and so fun. But when I get home by myself, I crash. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. I live with the generator. <laughs> oh, right. That, yeah. yeah, that. So I'm, I'm a totally little bit jealous. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. And people are naturally drawn to you because you feel like warm and juicy and sparkly. Yeah. So hopefully that is empowering. You're not here to work in quotes. You're here to do what you love to make the world a better place, essentially. I love that so much. And I definitely relate with what you said about kind of being jealous of that full body or the sacral. Yes. Right. Because you and I, we don't really get like those quote unquote gut feelings. Um, My authority is splenic authority. So if I just kind of like miss out on (laughs) that splenic whisper, it's just kind of like, okay. (laughs) I, so what I'm saying is I really am kind of envious of those generators that have that gut feeling. I think that would be really awesome. My mom, she's a manifesting generator and she definitely gets those gut feelings and they're really strong and powerful. And I think that's fascinating. So as a generator, I encourage you to reframe the word work. We have such like a stressful relationship with that work uh, word, I feel like. Um, it just means when you do what you love, always remember, you are also benefiting other people. You are making other people more energized and feeling good. So it's really a win-win-win situation when you follow that, that gut response. I love that. Yeah. Reframing words is so powerful. Totally. And manifesting generators are similar to generators, but MGs love to have their hands in many different things at once. They are born to be multi-passionate and they have the capacity to do so. And as a kid, you might find yourself interested in piano, but then the next week you want to do ballet and you get tired of that. So you want to do, I don't know, hip hop. (laughs) So it can be a shadow for MGs to feel like, wow, I can never just commit to one thing. Yes, definitely. I've heard my MG friends say that for sure. Yeah, they feel really scattered sometimes. And they should know that they're born to do this. And when people see that, see how they are spontaneous and how they pivot when things aren't, you know, their passion anymore is very inspiring. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, definitely. I love that for MGs and what I usually tell my MG friends too is like, I love how to my understanding, they're kind of here to take what's already been done and then kind of make it even better, right? Totally. Yeah, I love that they have that ability to do that. Okay, so moving on to our lovely reflectors. Do you have any reflectors in your life? Surprisingly, I have like five. five and I used to oh my right I thought I had zero I thought I would never encounter one 
But when I told the universe, hey, send me some reflectors, I want to ask them questions and learn from them. I realized one of my friends from growing up, she's a reflector. And I don't know, they just started coming my way. Very cool. My best friend is a reflector. Wow. Yeah. How is her experience with this? I think she loves it. She's definitely learned a lot. I think she loves what I mean by I think she loves it. She loves the fact that she knows she's like the rarest type. <laughs> I think that's they're she, so rare. I think that's what she really loves about it. But no, she I from learning um about her human design, it's really helped her prioritize like alone time she was definitely acting very much like a generator for so long so she's been honoring like her rest time her alone time that time to just kind of you know expel all of that extra energy that is so important for reflectors to do so yeah it's been really helpful for her to just know her type for sure. So I feel like for reflectors, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but probably one of the most discouraging things for them when they find out their type is that they have like all open energy centers, right? Yeah, it's really scary to compare you know, as a reflector to compare your chart with the other ones is like, wow, yours is so colorful. Yeah. And it's just like, so what? I have like zero energy types. You know, it just kind of is really confusing for them, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, With reflectors, they are truly unicorns of the world. A famous one is the balanced blonde. Yes. Yeah. Right. Jordan. Um, right. So she's definitely an expander if you are looking. They are meant to be our collective mirror. Like they reflect the energy around them. And it can be people, situations, or environments with neutrality. Have you ever felt this? I'm curious if you've felt this way when you hang out with your reflector friend, they almost highlight the shadows you have as well as your higher potentials. Definitely. Totally. Yeah. And like, it's not like they try, right? No, I'm just like always kind of learning about myself whenever I'm around her for sure. Yeah. So they are, okay, I don't like the word sensitive, but they are sensitive in their to their environment sensitivity to me it means the ability to feel and sense and so they can have many different identities as a reflector and that is the fun and beauty of being a reflector I feel but in today's society it's always like wow like know who you are and all those things so it can be discouraging and a tendency I see is trying to identify with a label or a personality or a way of doing things, you know? And if you're a reflector, you know that sticking with a label for too long, you start to feel like life is just boring. 
and you kind of feel that disappointment, which is their not self theme, which is a sign that hey, you're out of alignment. Yeah, and with reflectors, their strategy is to wait for a lunar cycle. That means over the moon cycle, their identities change depending on the moon, right? So it's very helpful to, well, if they work with a human design reader, they can learn how to kind of learn about their chart, how it works throughout the lunar cycle, to kind of see like, okay, like maybe later this month I'm gonna feel more like a manifester, but right now I feel like a generator. It's literally that wild. Like they can go from feeling like a generator to a projector to an MG to a manifester. It's like they're forever changing, and I don't know about you, but that sounds really fun to me. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's a wonderful way to see being a reflector as something extremely empowering for sure. I love this. I. Loved, loved, loved this conversation, Sandy. Oh, I'm so glad you do. (laughs) Seriously, I think this is going to help a lot of people, whether they've been in the human design space for a while and they're still kind of struggling with, okay, I know I'm this energy type, but this is a part I'm still kind of like insecure about or whatever. Or if they're just getting started with us, finding out their type for maybe the first time and yeah, you know, realizing that, hey, oh my gosh, I'm a projector and I have to wait for this invitation. What does that mean? Right? So just giving them a way to see their energy energy type and in an empowering way. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me this week. I have another question for you though, specifically, and that is what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? That is a deep question. I know. Welcome to the Unbreakable You podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, circling back to being a projector, I feel like for a lot of projectors, the whole being rejected when you're seeking invitation can be very scary. And I always encourage my clients and friends to play with it, be playful, right? And yeah, you're going to feel disappointed or bitter. And that's just part of life. And you always learn from you know, not so positive, not so glamorous experiences. And we always have to remember to be, you know, to remember that we are stronger than we think. I don't know if that's a good answer. But yeah, like we always, you know, life and progress is not linear, especially if you're an MG. But um, this is a bad answer. (laughs) There's no bad answers, girl. Whatever is coming up for you right now. Yeah, I feel like when we fall is almost like an opportunity to evaluate how we can do better. So it's an opportunity, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I love that. Okay, so how can people start learning more from you and connecting with you? I always like to encourage everyone who's listening to this episode to either take like a screenshot of how they're listening, um, or just take a picture of your surroundings and share it over on Instagram. And you can tag me at I am Meg Doll and Sandy. You can share your Instagram handle with us so they can find you right away. Yeah, my Instagram handle is Sandy Yang Wellness. And that's where I hang out the most. I love connecting with new people. And hopefully you guys learn something new today. Definitely. Yeah, Sandy has an amazing Instagram account. And I really love and enjoy your post, Sandy. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us over on Instagram, but also in this podcast episode. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you.